talking fight fans thanks for tuning in to this wonderful episode of knuckle up at four featuring your man mike Orr and my man cedric ben in the den and today our two guests who have continued this wonderful journey with us about murderers row boxing uh thanks james for joining us again thanks tim for coming out and joining us again to continue this wonderful story of this elite boxing club from the parties of african-american boxers middleweights by every other middleweight in the world. Uh, let's say, Cedric, what do we got today? Who are we talking about? All right, all right. So uh, the two uh, final members of this uh, famously avoided Black Murderers Row from the 30s and 40s, uh, the last two members that we're going to focus on today is Lloyd Marshall and Charlie Burley. So starting with Lloyd uh, Marshall first. Mr. Marshall was born June 4th, 1914. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I noticed about all these guys, they all turned pro, like, as teenagers, most yeah. of them. Uh, says there, Marshall turned pro at 17 after a successful 200 amateur fights. At 17 years old, he's got 200 <laughs> amateur fights. That is crazy. Um, yes with the highlight being uh, the Cleveland Golden Gloves titles in 1934 and 35. Um, yeah, 1934 and 35. In, uh, in one of his, he had you know, a couple big wins, a couple of losses in between there. Um, but in the mix, he became involved with the mob. And you know how that goes. Uh, his hands kind of got tied in point. Um, he was known as a skilled fighter with both with power in both hands. Um, Marshall was a hard night's work for anyone. Like his seven comrades in the murderer's row, his career was hampered by extensive hate and racial prejudice. Um, his One of his biggest, after a couple months, after a couple of losses, you know, I went a couple of losses, a couple of wins, um, he destroyed the Cincinnati Cobra, Ezra Charles, a name that a lot of people might be familiar with. Knock, yeah, knocking him down eight times en route to an eight round. The heavyweight, field. right? Heavyweight. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Yep, yep. As a child. Um. Yeah. He he subsequently he beat Greece's Anton. Well, I know Mike's gonna give the 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 details on on the the record <laughs> and stuff like that. But um. Yeah. Yeah, man. He went on to beat to defeat the likes of Jake Lamada, wow. Joey Maxson, Freddie Mills, Ooh. and Tony Pandy. Uh, Tony Pandy Terror, Tommy yeah. Farr, yeah. before losing his final two bouts to Bobby Olsen and Harry Kid Lewis. Yeah, and Harry Kid Lewis. So in the Amateurs, he lost to Rocky Marciano, right? Pardon me? In the, in the Amateurs, he lost to Rocky, Rocky Marciano, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he won, he beat Rocky Marciano in the Amateurs. You, oh, just, said, yeah. you just said yeah. he, he, uh, he, he beat Rocky Marciano, right? Yeah, that's uh, I believe so. I believe so. I didn't read that part I here. I think that's what I heard you say that he beat Rocky Marciano. It was um, let me look for it. Let me look for it. Mike, go through his uh, go through the record while I looked at it. Yeah, up de quick. definitely, definitely. So Lloyd Marshall, this five ten with a seventy four and a half inch reach, um, birthplace of Madison County, Georgia. Uh, resides in Cleveland, Ohio. I want to let you know that he was inducted into the uh, 
into the Hall of Fame. Uh, so here's another one of these guys that has been inducted. He lived to the ripe age of 83, uh, finished out his years as a correctional officer. Um, and his boxing career, man, uh, no slouch in the ring. 70 wins, 25 losses, four no contest, 36 wins by way of knockout. Uh, you know, 36.36% uh, knockout average, like knockout percentage. And, uh, you know, this career spanned a long time, man. Uh, he, he fought from 1936 to 1951. So, you know, it's wow. a, a long time. It's a long career. As I think Ezra Charles was the name you might be thinking of, the, the Cincinnati Cobra, Tim. Is that you were thinking of? Yeah, Ezra, Ezra Charles. He was a heavyweight, right? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I could have swore that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ezra Charles. Yeah, yeah. It was you said another name before. It wasn't Ezra Charles. That's why I was kind of kind of confused. There. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> no, if I had all those fights, I probably wouldn't be able to talk. I can't believe I'm <laughs> no, that's right. No, seriously. Hey, you, you, that's that's true. Because my dad always said that he was like, I'm glad I got out of the game with with uh with all my faculties. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He was so proud. He was so proud of that. And then uh I remember one time we were talking, and this is just before he passed. We were talking, and uh, and I was bringing up some some stuff that we that we did as a kid. And he was like, "You still remember that?" I said, "Yeah, man." He was like, "He was like, you know what? I gotta tell you something." I said, "My memory ain't all that good, man, because <laughs> of the boxing." You know, what he said, "He said my memory ain't too oh, memory." Yeah. Mine's went away eight months. Go ahead. My eight months? My yeah, eight months he, said, ago, memory, he said his memory wasn't that good. He said, I can't remember a lot of things back oh, in the day. Oh. And I was like, mm. oh, okay. He said, that's all, That's the only thing is my mm. memory. I was like, okay, all right. Well, you know. <laughs> I thought it was. I never, told, I never told nobody that till right now, man. I, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was. I thought it was like the cell phones at one point because it was an advertisement. Real quick, there was an advertisement on the internet talking about putting your your uh, your your cell phone too close to your ear, and it showed all kind of diagrams where the radiation go into. And a lot of my friends was like forgetting too. But what happened with me? Like nine months ago, I just did a sparring session with this young guy, and he just tapped me. Then, like about a week later, I started forgetting stuff. You know, that's the first time. All before that, I was cool. And then it had to be that, I think. I got him. I was messing around with this amateur. And he didn't hit me hard. He just boom. And then I started forgetting stuff. And then I thought it was the, the cell phones. The cell phones putting them up here. Mom, I'm doing a, I'm doing a um, podcast. I'll call you back, okay? All right, Mom. Talk to you later. That's Dr. Reverend Shirley Bird. I can't. I got. That's my mom. Of course, of course. She makes sure she 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 check up on all her kids. She eighty something. She makes sure everybody all right. And I'm doing the same thing. My father, I love him. He wasn't around. I love him, but it was women that kept kept the Witherspoon family strong. It was women that kept all the kids together. They got their money together. Something went wrong. They got the money together and solved the problem. The men. They was walking around making children like we, like we, like you know, making children and not I taking know. care of them. You know, <laughs> yeah, I know. That's, that's, you know how we do. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm just saying the women. That's that's my grandma called me for before every fight. My grandma, I call her grandma. She said, "Timmy, boy, you better whip his behind. Don't you come home 
with no lose. You better, especially Larry home. She's like, yeah. I call my mom, I call my grandma every time. I know we gotta do the show, but I call my grandma, not my uncles, not my dad, not my brothers. I call my grandma, and that's that's who get it to me. I go right that's into the that. That's uh, you get that. I, get that. I, I, I can uh, I can agree with that, man. I can uh, relate to grandma that. Fanny. Can they call it Game War Fanny. Cause she was mean. Game War Fanny, they called her. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, and now um, wait, hold last, on, hold on. Before, before oh, my we bad. Finish, before, before we finish with uh, with Mr. Marshall here, man, we we got we got to do him justice. We got to we got to tell everybody. In 1944, he captured the vacant duration world light heavyweight title with a victory over Nate Bolden. And due to the fact that he fought during his peak during World War II, Marshall never fought for an, uh, an officially recognized world title. Uh, he then retired in 1951 after the KO losses to uh, Bobo Olsen and then Harry Matthews. But he fought four fights against uh, other Black Murder Row fighters. Not as many as some of the other guys, uh, but it was all within a two-year period uh, uh, from September uh, 1942 to September 1944. And that's before that big fight uh, with him and uh, Ezra. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, not all these guys have, but... But um, you know, at least at least so they all so they all been inducted into the Hall of Fame. No, uh, I, b- I believe they all have so far. I'm I'm, I'm not too sure. We'll have to oh, check. Because I was because I was I seen I seen I seen uh, at least three or four of them. Yeah, there's you there's there, like I've I've read I've read that there are a few that have been inducted. I haven't read that everyone has been inducted yet. But yeah. um, you know, it's it's just going to take some. It's whether or not they're in the international boxing hall of fame or they're in some sort of other boxing hall of fame because i know there's as long as they're there as long as they're there so we gotta give we gotta give we gotta give vegas to uh recognize some of these guys too yeah exactly definitely Uh, vegas the vegas boxing hall of fame of course of course um anything more to say on uh mr marshall mike or anybody else no no Oh, no, just uh, the fact that uh, he, he did fight against the next guy we are going to be talking You about. mean to tell me he didn't uh, fight Archie Moore? Uh, I didn't Everybody say that. He might have, I'm assuming, I mean, they all fought each other, so I'm assuming he did. Yes, he did. He fought Archie Moore on, on May 21st, 1945. In 1945, uh, uh, May, May the 21st, he fought Archie Moore. These guys have over 100, 100 fights. I, they, I can only yes, guarantee yes. they have well, listen, listen. Actually, actually, if, if you really want to get, uh, get behind him, man, he fought Archie Moore back-to-back. Uh, month after month, he fought Archie Moore, uh, 1945 May 21st, and then again in June 26th. Uh, yeah, so he did. He did fight Archie, Archie was Moore. fighting young guys because he was an old man, wasn't he yeah. old? Uh, yeah. He was fighting Newport Rocky Bruciano. He was an old man, going like this. Come on, Archie Moore. Archie Moore fought everybody because if you think about this, when he he fought when he fought uh, against. Um, uh, our, our gentleman here, Mr. Marshall. When he fought Mr. Marshall, he was seventy-two and nine, I believe okay. it is. And uh, the next time he fought him, Marshall had already won two other fights. So he had fought twice more in that month before he fought him again. So wow. it's, it's kind of wow. crazy how fast these guys fought, man. Like week to week, Archie Moore is a true, a true journeyman. Oh, <laughs> you know? most true definitely. journeyman. True journeyman. I had, I had the privilege to spend a little time with him too. That was great. Had oh, yeah, me, yeah, me too, man. Me too. Archie was real cool, man. Definitely. That must have been nice. You got the, the you get any any cool stories you could share from him? 
he was quiet with me. He was like quiet most of the time. And when we, I talked, say a couple of words, he would talk back. But he wouldn't really talk that much. With, right, when he, I forgot who he was in camp with. I forgot who it was. Um, um, Kenny Norton was he with Kenny Norton? I forgot, but I, I forgot who the heavyweight he was with. Um, you know, it probably was because he was because he was with Ken Norton because okay. I met him at the Boxing Hall of Fame, and Ken Norton was there too. Okay. And uh, okay. I, I had my son. My son was just born. So I come over to Archie and I say, hey, man, how you doing? He was like, hey, how you doing? He was sitting down. He said, oh, that's your son. I said, yeah. He was like, let me hold him. I said, okay. I gave him to Archie, right? Archie, man, Archie talking. Next thing you know. <laughs> he was getting had that sleeping on. He had that sleeping disorder. And, oh, and, my, wow. and, and my, my, uh, my baby's mother, we looking at each other like, and I'm like, she said, well, get him. <laughs> she said, well, get him. So I went to reach for him. Archie woke right back up and started. So he never left the conversation. Wow. Flash <laughs> knockdown. The flash knockdown. Yeah, he I think he was training. I think he was training Eddie Mustafa. Because I was Eddie Mustafa's sparring partner, too. I was Sa Muhammad, Eddie Mustafa. Okay. I sparred Mike Rossman one time. I sparred yeah. uh, a couple of those guys, too. Uh, James. I was in prison with James Scott. Remember James Scott? Yeah, Jerry the Bull Martin. Yeah, Remember yeah. he was in prison during the fights? Yeah, mm. Nah, nah, he was. James Scott, he did. He had murder and everything. He was James Scott. Remember he came. He, he was doing the fighting in the prison. You didn't remember doing the fighting in prison? Nah, I don't, I don't know. Cause the TV nah. cameras went in the prison and filmed James Scott. He was kicking every Jerry the Bull Martin. He beat. I remember, uh, Ricky I remember the fights. I just don't. Remember, I just don't remember too much about him. Oh. I was younger too, so you know what I'm saying. But well, well, the networks were coming into prison. Um, These were actually scheduled fights. fights. These were actually scheduled. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, yeah. Scheduled. yeah. Wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, yo, he was. In I went in the prison to spar with him. him. He's best known for having become a contender in the World Boxing Association's light heavyweight division while incarcerated at yeah. Rahway State Prison in New Jersey. I used so. to go there. They used to close this door. We walk this 10 seconds. Close this door. Close this door. Close that door. We come to the big gym. It's a big, big area with all the inmates in there, but they couldn't come close to the ring. They didn't right. let them come close to the ring. Yeah. They all respect James Scott. Everything. Wow, yeah. Wow, in, wow. in 1974, in 1974, he was uh, granted parole to actually pursue his boxing career and then fighting out of Miami Beach, Florida. He won 10 bouts. Had one draw between January of 1974 and 19 and February of 1975. So that's where they got that cost. That's where they got that concept in in that movie, uh, Undisputed. Just yes, oh. yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, that makes sense. However, however, from 19, so February 1975, after that, uh, Scott returned to New Jersey, where he was convicted of a robbery, uh, and then an additional charge of murder resulted in a hung jury. Uh, so from then to the end of his career, all of Scott's professional fights were held in the prison. So, wow. Yes, and his yeah. brother was there with him. He's tall. His brother was in there too. Wow. I talked to both of them. Yeah, it was cool. Real quick, real quick. He bet that if somebody knock him down, he'll give him uh, like a 2000 or something, right? So right. My, my trainer told me, told me, Tim, he's going to give you 2000 This is what you do. He said, slide your leg. When you get in close, slide your leg under his back feet and then push him and pull your feet. I did it. 
The whole jail, the whole jail got quiet. He said, he was cussing me out. What the fuck? Ba, 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 ba. I pointed to my trainer. I said, man, he told me. Yeah, he, he was walking around cussing everybody. He was, I he was. Was. Yeah. I put my left foot and pulled and pushed. My trainer told me to Yeah, kick. yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody oh, in the prison oh, went crazy, boy. They was like, oh, he knocked James Scott down. Wow. That was a strong wow. dude. I'm telling wow. you, he That's was strong. Wow. Yeah, I threw him on the canvas. Everybody in the jail just stopped. <laughs> he was embarrassed and everything. And even though we knew we just was fixing, we was doing that. That was cool, wow. man. I had a good boxing career, man. All this fun with everybody that I'm here with, with, with that's, the champs. That's the journey, man. With y'all that's guys. You have to man, enjoy, really uh, enjoy the journey, man. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. All right. Um, all according, right. according, guys, according, uh, according to Wiki, uh, six members of Murderers Row have since been, uh, become international or world Hall of Famers. So, wow. six of them so six. far have been done. Uh, we gotta push. We gotta push and get these other two guys inducted. Uh, and we're moving on to the next guy. Uh, take him away. Let, let us know who we're talking about now. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Last but not least, we have uh, the person who um, many many regard as the the best fighter out of this famous murderer's row. His name is Charlie Burley, born September 6, 1917 in Pennsylvania, USA. Um, yeah. Like I said, he was widely known as the most talented fighter that ne just never won a world title. Um, he was actually a gifted baseball player, too. He actually received yeah. an offer from the team called the Homestead Grays that played professionally. He actually started boxing at the K's Boys Club at 12 and won a bunch of tournaments, including the Golden Glove Junior and Senior titles. Does it say we're part of Pennsylvania? Where? Yep, yep. One second here. It, it was Bess, Bessemer. Yeah, Bess, Bessemer, Pennsylvania. And then uh, and then he's, he moved and uh, resides in Pittsburgh. So okay, he's he always on the Pittsburgh. west side. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, in 1936, he was invited to attend the box-offs for the 1936 Berlin Olympics, but he declined as he was uh, object to racial and religious persecution taking place in Germany. He made the switch to the paid ranks later that year, beating George Liggins in a four rounder. Um, in August, he won he won the colored welterweight title. Mike, do me a quick favor. Get a little yeah. bit of history on this on this colored um these colored championship. Yeah, this colored championship uh, we did touch oh, wait, wait, wait. on this it before, before you go on to it, let me just finish about Charlie and we'll, we'll yeah. continue on that. He um, he won the colored welterweight title against the Coco Kid who we talked about yesterday, dropping him three times on the way to a decisive win. Um, you know, they, they basically said Burley was a high-risk, low-reward fighter, unorthodox yeah. complex, spiteful in his work. Um, he made such greats as Ray Robinson, Marcel Serdan, Jake LaMotta, and Billy Kahn look in the opposite direction and run a mile. That's what it says here, because <laughs> they wouldn't fight him. Um, he defeated future world champions Billy Seuss and Archie Moore, then knocked out Holland Williams and became the colored middleweight champion. Um, another notable fight was DJ Turner, despite being outweighed by 70 pounds. What? <laughs> Let me read yeah, that man. again just to make sure I'm reading that right. Another notable fight uh, was his win versus JT, J, J, J.D. Turner. 
Despite being outweighed by 70 pounds, it was said that Burley beat his beat his man black and blue until he failed to come out in, for the seventh round. Wow. Talk about having the, you know, the combination of skill and power. Um, yeah, man, he retired in 1950 without ever being involved in a world title. That's crazy. Um, they said, uh, you know, one of the reasons for it, because he was so honest, Burley was one of the only ones that never had to uh, um, get involved with the mob. So, you know, one of the reasons why I guess they never really gave him a chance to at that. Another reason why they gave, didn't give him a chance at the world title. Um, he was a respectful, moral uh, prize fighter and no implications to the criminal underworld, unlike others at the time. Um, he passed away in 1992 at the age of 75 and uh, was inducted into the IBF, IBF, oh, well, IBHOF later that year, whichever one of the Hall of Fames. Yeah, that's um, international. That's the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, for his record, Mike. Yeah, man. Uh, first of all, I want to touch on that JD Turner for a second. Uh, that that was that was huge, man. That was uh, March thirteenth, nineteen forty-two, and um, Charlie weighed in at one hundred and fifty-one pounds, and uh, JD Turner actually weighed in at 219 and a half. Wow. Yeah. Ooh, so uh, man, that's a big it was one. huge. That's it was huge. Yeah. Uh, if you want to check that out in the historic pages of the ring magazine, June, 1942, page 64 for anybody who has those magazines, you can check that Turner's face was beaten to a raw beefsteak inside of six rounds <laughs> and then failed to answer the bell for the seventh. So, no joke here, man. No joke. Charlie oh, Burley. You ass you think of this. He, he outweighed him. He outweighed him by 70 pounds. Charlie Burley was only a 5'9 man with a 75-inch reach at 151 pounds. He, fin he finished. Now, he had long arms. He yeah, had long arms. Yeah. My dad reaches there. that. My dad, my dad, same thing. His reach is right. wow, 75, man. Wow. <laughs> uh, so he finished his career 83, 12, and 2, and 50 of those wins coming by way of knockout. Wow. So uh he sported he sported true. a 50 he sported a 51.02% knockout rating uh in his career. And uh wow man. The uh, the amount of times that uh, he he fought a lot of these guys uh, a lot of times, man. Uh, Bert Lytell and uh, you know uh, all the guys part of murders. Where I, I think I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say he didn't. He might have faced them the most, I believe, um, out of out of all the other guys. Because when you go up and down these lists of uh, fights that he's been on here, man, uh, those names pop up uh, a little bit more than once. <laughs> so he definitely were fighting each other, man. Oh yeah, definitely. He used he used the speed against that out that guy that outweighed him. He used definitely. the speed to just beat mm -hmm. him up. So Kitten night. Hayward was too too young to be with those guys. Kitten Hayward, Stanley, Kitten Hayward, remember him? Yeah, yeah he would have been. He, too he was young. too young. He was too young. Oh, I met him a couple of times down in South Philly. He was really nice. Getting Hayward, yeah. So Burley, Burley is the one that uh, that beat uh, Archie Moore for the lightweight champion, like when oh, he was the lightweight okay. champion in a 1944 middleweight bout. 
was one of several fighters who called Burley the great, the greatest fighter ever. So Archie Moore was one of the ones that said that you know Charlie Burley was the greatest fighter ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there any um, video? Is there any video of him? No. Honestly, to to find video nowadays, I I've been searching for for days looking for it for this special. I was in the, oh. I wasn't able to find anything. Um, if anybody have a custom model, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somebody's got somebody's got to have a VHS tape and a VCR somewhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, got one of eight millimeters. Yeah, yeah. So set up the old school projectors, man, and we'll, and we'll do it like yeah. class. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, this guy truly, really, uh, you know, great, great boxer. Uh, you know, he was the holder of. Uh, both the world color welterweight cha- uh, uh, championship and the world color middleweight championship, and uh, you were asking about that, uh, what, what that championship was, right, uh, Cedric? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a comment in the, in our chat here from Chris Reyna saying there's um, there's not much video on Charlie Burley, but the one of him and Oakland Smith, uh, he really looks nice. And uh, we have uh, we have the link in the chat there too. Just click on that. Whoa! Awesome. I would like awesome. to see it. So how how do you so what do you guys think, man? Um, like like you know like we do every day. All we can do is just kind of go off of the way they describe these guys and and uh, and see how they would compare. How do you think Charlie Burley would do these days? How much? Sorry, how much? What? How much did he weigh? Um, well, actually, didn't matter. It didn't matter. Fought guys that were outweighed by seventy exactly, pounds. I guess. Exactly right. Exactly. But how much did he weigh though? Uh, One hundred and fifty pounds. 150 pounds, 5'9". He had a 75-inch reach. So it's him and Mayweather then. What's that? I think Walter, was... That's Walter weight, right? Yeah, yeah. the boxers yeah. in them days would get hit more, but they're more stronger, I think. I think yeah, the yeah. boxers that were doing this back, you know, they would get hit more, but they're stronger and they're more dedicated. Mm-hmm. So I think where the, the knowledge and the education it'll bounce a lot, balance off because you hit them guys back in the day and they stand there and look at you and laugh at you. Yeah. Now, yeah, nowadays, yeah. yeah, nowadays, you know, guys don't they wasn't they wasn't they were strong back then. Right. Everything right. was strong. They, were, they were, were all hungry. So get, huh? they for, if, if they fighting for the persons that we have now, oh yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. <Ooh. laughs> okay. I'm just okay, wondering, could they take the same yeah. punch? Could they say take the same punch as the well, modern day boxer? Well, uh, well they were strong back then. Yeah, they, say, they say Burley's former sparring partner AJ Blackie Nelson offers his comparison, and he says he saw a lot of Charlie in Roy Jones Jr. Both had unorthodox styles; they, you know, could hit you from any angle. Both were hard to hit. Uh, Charlie jabbed more than Jones. But if Jones would concentrate on boxing as Charlie did, he would have become uh, an all-time great. Uh, Eddie Futch, uh, the great trainer, called Burley the finest all-around fighter he had ever seen. Uh, Burley was named the Ring Magazine's list of 100 greatest punchers of all time, elected to the Boxing Hall of Fame in 1983, and then the International Boxing Hall of Fame in 1992. Uh, Burley was ranked 39th on Ring Magazine's list of 80 best fighters of the last 80 years. Wow. Wow. So, so when, when, when you put that into perspective, you know, all-around great fighter, uh, you know, there's not too many of those guys today, man. There's not too many of those fighters that are all-around great. You know who can exactly. display that ability to be able to counterpunch, uh, you know, and 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 be elusive and not get hit. 
right? Like Tim, Tim, you 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 say this all the time, man. These guys got to have defense, 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 right? And, Both. You know, and and Charlie Burley was one of these guys. He he had that defense. You know, yeah, he had the ability to hit hit hard and not get hit. Yeah, that defense is very important. Well, that reminds me about the way you guys was reading about him in the, in the beginning. It reminds me of uh, Demetrius Andres. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A little bit, yes. The highly skilled, you know, uh, yeah. again, the, the high high um high risk but low reward. Right, right. You know. So. Oh, he didn't get paid good. Oh. Now, if you fought him, if you fought him, you know, you're not you might not get that payday. It might not be a big payday fighting him. Right. Demetrius so, Andres. Well, like Demetrius, he you know, they they say he don't sell tickets. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so got to so, figure that out. <laughs> so that's why Canelo and those guys don't want to fight him. Right. Because he's a high risk, low reward. Exactly. Okay, I can understand that. That's why they don't want to fight the man. But he gave, he offered Charlo, they offered Charlo like eight million to get in the ring. And he still said no. But who is Charlo? Who wanted exactly. the Charlo brother? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh yeah, I, I hear I what you know. said. I think I think Charlo and Benavides are probably the best at one, you know, I guess one six or is it 168? Anyways, at that one yeah. of those divisions, I think between those two, they're the they're the two ones that could give at least Canelo you take test. that eight million. Yeah, <laughs> and, and the chance to win, you get more. You get more if you win. Yeah, yeah you get exactly. more if you win. Take a chance. That's what we used to do. Well, that's, that's what, what it's about, do. though. That's yeah, what it's taking about. that chance. You know what I'm saying? It's what it's about. You, mm -hmm. you ain't gotta roll the dice, man. You know, you ain't gonna get paid. That's the only but way you're gonna trainer, know. You gotta test yourself. You gotta test. Yeah, my yourself. trainer. I dealt it. I doubted fighting Larry Holmes. I had the courage, but my trainer said, Tim, we're gonna kick his ass. And once he said that, I said, okay, because I trusted my trainer. Right, right. And yeah, I said, I said, Slim, that's kind of too soon. He said, Tim, watch you kick his behind. And I said, okay. So we went from as soon as he said that, we went straight ahead. And I did pretty good. I no did pretty doubt. good. Okay. No doubt. Yep. So it takes, like, yeah, you need your coach to, to have confidence in you too. It takes, um, you know, to, to, to let you know that you are ready. Cause like you just said, Tim, you weren't, you know, you were kind of, you weren't sure, but your coach reminded you, you know, we prepared for the situation. We worked on the things that we need to work on. And uh, he, he was ready to send his soldier to war. <laughs> hey, he did that. We all got together. He trained Mike Rossman, the Jewish bomber. He the mm. one beat Victor Galindez. Yeah, okay, okay. Mike was in the Passion Street gym, right where the Rocky made the movie. He was in there kicking dudes, but I don't care what nationality he was. He was slip, boom, slip, boom, bam, bam. You know, and then he, he lost to Victor Galendez on the way back. No, he won it, then he lost it back, right? The Victor Galendez. Yeah. But he was he had plenty of heart too. Mike Dawson. I sparred him one time. But um, Slim helped him with them skills and made it. And he, that's how I think he, he definitely got the championship, light heavyweight championship of the world. Remember him? You remember Mike Rossman, right? Mm -hmm. I, I probably you know my You see him. You see him. He beat Victor Galendez. Okay. Victor Galendez was tough. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are the highlights we got there, Mike? Well, um, yeah. Well, thanks. Go ahead, go ahead. 
No, 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 go, 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 continue, continue. Nah, man, I just love, love, love the conversations. We asked you guys yesterday if, if, um, if there was any, Tim, if there was any guys from your era that uh, maybe didn't get the shine that they deserve, but you say, you know, everybody kind of, kind of fought each other. Um, yeah, they did. Um, no, I really not off, not off back. Maybe before I started forgetting stuff, I probably would have had something on my mind. <laughs> but everybody fought everybody. Everybody fought everybody. Um, in Philly, like they said, they held the wars and stuff. But when it was spiced, there, then nobody ducked nobody because you you was viewed as a punk. But yep. really, <laughs> what you really, say? really is a business. It's a business, and you got to start thinking like a businessman. Yeah. At some yeah. point, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you might have to get around him to get that big money fight or whatever. Um, so that's how um, but that's how it was on the East Coast. You know what I'm saying? You ain't fight the, and plus you want to fight the baddest man if you think you bad. You want yeah, you man. want it, you want his, you know, you want his uh his title. You want that. You want you want to be the one to say everybody said, Wow, he beat that dude. Not even even if you didn't beat it, if you gave him a fight for the rest of a fight for his life. You still get your credit. You still get credit. Right. You know right. what I mean? Nobody don't want to fight you like that. He want he want ten miles almost beat him and and and, and beat him and, and whooped on him like that. And you like yeah. They're like well I don't want to fight him. <laughs> I, I was in the, I was in. You want to fight the guy that lost? Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I was in the experience when I fought Holmes. I only only was fighting for three years. I had only had seven amateur fights, but I trusted in my trainer. He taught me all this stuff, and I came from. I, I, you know, I had represent Philly, South Philly, right where the Italian market, right where they made the movie, right where everybody be this, be, right. be doing boxing and stuff in South Philly and stuff. So I had to represent. Then I called my grandma. I had to try to whip his behind. That's right. <laughs> grandma said, Timmy, you better whip his ass. I'm <laughs> I swear, that's how I, I wouldn't call my father. I didn't call my mother. It was Grandma Fanny. And once yeah. I, I told her like a half an hour before we go to the go to the get ready, I said, Grandma, I'm gonna get ready to go. Then she said, Timmy, don't you come on no loser now. <laughs> you know, that? She's from South Carolina. Right. You know? And I called my grandma, man, and she she just like was on me 100 percent Nobody messed with her too. She's small and she will fight you. They call her gang war fanny. So, so I found a, a, just a bit of information on on the guys that we've been talking about all week. Kind of just sum it up here a little bit. Um, you know, the Kokoa kid lost uh, the title to Charlie Burley on the twenty second of August, nineteen thirty eight, at uh, Hickey Park in uh, Pennsylvania. Burley won a unanimous decision in the fifteen round bout, knocking the kid to the canvas three times and defeating him decisively and taking his title. But Burley never defended his title, probably out of the desire to get a title shot with Armstrong uh, to fill the vacant title. The kid and Holman Williams met in a rematch on on the 11th of January, 1940, at the Coliseum in Baltimore, Maryland. And the kid won a unanimous decision over uh, in their 15-round title bout, winning the title for the second time. The Kukoa kid never defended his second title, uh, but he won the revived World Color Middleweight Championship in 1943. So what was the title? Yeah, the title was called it was called the World Colored Middleweight Championship. Okay. Right. Because I was and, getting uh, kind of confused because you said Berkeley won yeah. the title, and I'm like, well, he didn't fight for a title. Exactly. Yeah. So they, so, they had the, they had their own title. Oh, they had their own yeah, title yeah, here, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, that, that title came into effect uh, uh 1936, Herbert Lewis Hardwick 
met uh, young Peter Jackson uh, in New Orleans, Louisiana, in a 10-round bout referred to by Harry Wills, uh, the former three-time world-colored heavyweight champ. Uh, the Kukoa kid won via technical knockout in the second round. So it they, just goes to show you that these guys were, you know, trading this, trading around this title back and forth. For they, had, they, had, they had to come up with that color world title because, you know, they knew because- – they didn't want to give them a shot at the real title, exactly. and it would, it would be too obvious, you know, that everyone would be standing around like, "How come these guys aren't champion?" So they're like, "All right, just come up with a colored title." <laughs> yeah, exactly, that's what they did. Hey, but did they, they have did. a belt? Did they have a belt for that title? Probably, um, they just, probably just wrote out a piece of paper, <laughs> and held it up. There, there, no, there's got to, there's got to be a picture of it, man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask you. Do they have a picture of it? I was. It's interesting to see what. Uh, what, what the belt looked like. Yeah, actually, yeah. Right. You're, yeah, we've got to look that up. we got to look that up. I'm checking it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, that that would be, be a piece of memorabilia to have. That's what I'm saying, yeah. No yeah, doubt. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Back in the day. And there was... There was less weight classes back then, correct? Yeah, there was less weight yeah. classes oh, yeah. back then. They start adding on stuff now, like mm-hmm. you know, super middleweight. Wait, you know, middleweight, super middleweight, and then if the money is great, they'll make one. Oh yeah, catch weight. The money yeah. is cool. The money is big in that fight. They'll make a weight. So if somebody yeah. overweight, oh, we'll make it super whatever. They they'll get a name up for it. Yeah, that's that 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 right? catch weight. Yeah, it's a catch weight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not what it say. Catch weight. We'll meet you. We'll meet yeah. you right here at this at this weight. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing on that belt, Mike. No, man. I'm, I'm trying to look. Uh, it's probably something that we'll have to find uh, uh, through extensive research, actually. Because they got to hold. They got to be able to hold the belt up in the ring. Exactly. Yes, there's got, there. Yeah. There's got to be some sort of picture of a belt. Can't be no we'll paper. Hey, I got. I'm the chair. <laughs> something else. Something else. Custom model probably has in the in his archive. Oh you know, yeah, he probably got it. So so colored people couldn't fight white people. Is that when you call it color? Yeah, that's that's roughly what okay. they were saying. Because they didn't want the champ get beat. They they could have. They just didn't give them the opportunity. It wasn't like a rule against it. It was just they just didn't give but them. But if the they fought for the title, for the colored okay. title. Oh, they only could fight for the colored title. Yes, yeah. yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Arms, arms I didn't know was, that. I didn't know yeah, that. Well, because the mob had a lot of a lot of you know their hands and everything, man. You know what okay. I'm saying? So yeah, they didn't Ar- want Armstrong. It, Armstrong it, wasn't willing to give that title shot out. Right, he never, he never was. He was a small guy, guy, right? You talking about Hank, Hank Armstrong? Uh, is it Henry, Henry Armstrong? Henry Armstrong. Boy, he was something. Yeah, he was a he was a beast. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, he was a little beast. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, guys, I guess uh, we're we're about that time. So uh, you know what? Uh, shout out to all the fans that have been dropping us uh, some comments in the side here, man. Uh, I, I hope we got to as many as we could of your comments and answer them with uh, as, as much uh, knowledge as we could. Uh, thanks. Thanks to James and uh, Ray, or sorry, James and uh, Tim again for coming out and joining us here, man, on the show uh, for this wonderful week of murderers row, man, for black history month, black history week here. Uh, you know, man, the most elite boxing club that's ever graced the ring, man. That's what we went over this week. And I'm glad that you guys were here to, uh, to be part of it, man. Honestly, and uh, Cedric, always a pleasure, man. You know what it is. Uh, shout out to shout out to everybody, man. Shout out to no everybody. Doubt. Hey, yeah, I want yeah. to tell you guys, I got a podcast show called Living on Purpose. 
I would love to have all you guys on there, man. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Man, I want to get y'all you know, email information so that way I can send you the uh, email and, you know, we come up with a date and come on my show, man. I'd love to have Excellent. you. Excellent. We have one on the show. We just, it's two of us, uh, Jason Wilson, and um, it's uh, recorded too. So we have fun, man. We talk about good things and we, we like to laugh, you know. Mine's just easy. Mine's just real easy. Tim Witherspoon at Hotmail.com. There you go. That's at, easy. At, at Hotmail. Hotmail. Hotmail.com? Yeah. yeah. It's easy. Tim Witherspoon at Hotmail. All lowercase. All right. Cool. 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 But we're, all we're, right. We're so definitely, definitely. All the Talking Fight fans around the world, thanks for tuning in to this week's wonderful episode of Black Murderers Row, the most elite boxing group that has ever graced the ring. Thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know what? We'll see you next week uh, with some new prospects, man, for you guys to check out. Until then, man, we'll see you next time. And don't forget, 7 o'clock panel tonight, same channel. We'll be talking about this week's upcoming fights. And uh, we'll be joined by, I believe, uh, all of us here. <laughs> I can't wait for that, man. It's going to be great. Like, share, right. subscribe. That's it. That's it. Like, share, subscribe. And if you haven't yet, man, hit up TalkingFight.com. Go and subscribe, man. Set up those reminders because, you know, we're bringing you stuff daily. That's what it's about, man. Peace. We'll see you next time. Peace, peace. Peace. All right.